Good evening and welcome to the Obelisk. Tonight's guest is Dr. Allison J.K. Dr. Allison J.K. is an award-winning, number one international best-selling author and the founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System. She is an experienced Subtle Energies practitioner and natural healer with a holistic approach towards helping others thrive in mind, body, and spirit. She spent 10 years in Asia studying subtle energies and ancient wisdom. This is combined with her 20 plus years working in and teaching yoga, meditation, energy medicine, body, I'm sorry, mind, body, fitness, longevity, and holistic health, with a specialized focus on the chakra system. Folks who've interviewed her resound with, quote, she has a very different understanding of the chakra system that's a really unique approach, unquote. She also runs an exclusive magic money and manifestation program for advanced clients, as well as vibrational upgrade mastermind group. She leads secret sacred retreats and trains folks in her vibrational upgrade system. You don't need to believe in this in order for it to work. That's the beauty of what Dr. Allison accesses. As soon as you experience her work, you will feel the shift within you. Dr. Allison, welcome to the obelisk. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I love that. Welcome, Dr. Allison Kay. Thank you, Niche, over there in what is not Portland, Oregon, but the Washington side. Yes, the, the great Columbia Gorge, which I always feel so fortunate to uh, experience. The belly of the mama. It's so pretty there, how it forms. It's amazing. Every time I've left, I have had to come back. I miss it so much. It's one of the only places I've ever been. I've felt that way. Yeah, I love this. So that's the way, right? That's like, well, come back. Of course, anywhere that fern and moss grow, I grow. <laughs> I hear that. I really hear that. Yeah, really tuning into like the little fae and fairy folk and the fern and the moss and um there's and so much in life say and bigfoot have you seen the giants uh stuff over in the uk finding the giants uh some of the burial sites like eight foot oh yeah i have oh you know what's interesting is one of my um direct ancestors my 10th great grandfather is uh ninian bell and he was he fought in the battle of dunbar ended up in barbados and then over here and died in 1717 but he was reported to be seven feet tall and when they dug him up his bones were six feet seven and they said i was reading they said with the cartilage and everything he'd be seven feet and he still had all his red hair when they dug him up but what was more interesting is in the stuff i was reading about him is that his father was reported to be taller than him and i have all that blood it's i have some i've scottish on both sides and uh you know there's i could go into all that long long talk but that is something i vibe with aren't those redheads originally from um like the transylvania area well, that's what that's what they say. Like they say, the blondes are more in the Nordic area, and the redheads were up in Romania and over there as well. So you know, you know who's uh, uh, Nordic is Sven. Yes, we know the story. <laughs> <laughs> 
Allison, you look like you're um, muted. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> well, we, you are unmuted, girl. <laughs> I'm, 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 oh, I was going to go this somewhere with a that. place to put your voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the whole Viking thing, I, I just, I have been having so much fun in the UK. I went up to the Orkney Islands and, um, went to Scarabray and the biggest stone circle up there and was just, archaeology is going through such a revolution. And I write about this in my last book, Dragon Master Creatrix. It's like my third book, Reasonable Dragons, dropped off right before the stone circles and the ancient megalith sites. And the Dragon Master Creatrix picks up talking about them in I, feel, well, I just recently heard a Scottish person say, and I have Scottish blood too, um, that they feel like Scotland is the one place that has retained its connection to the ancient mysteries. And I thought about how when I moved to, when I chose the international school that of the ones that offered me a position over in Taiwan to be within the traditional Chinese culture and in Asia where I viewed that not only do they understand the flow of energy and how consciousness and holistic health works, but they're still operating from it. Like their ancient mysteries never got shoved underground like they did in the West and to the mystery schools. And so to hear a Scottish person say that, and I know those Highlands, man. Oh, and, yeah. And the Orkneys, especially. I mean, like just mind blowing. I'm standing here, you can't see, but I'm rubbing my head right now. Mind blowing the magic that's there on the land. That can be perceived. Yes, we have a lot of listeners from Scotland that are probably in the chat. I'm not in the chat, but we have, I know there are a couple. <clears throat> Rivers is here. I'm sure Amanda will show up. And then um, also Elisa, and yes, there are several. We have several. We pull that in. Oh, I forgot to mention on my um, great grandfather, he lived to be 92. Now he was born in the 1600s and died in 1717. That's old for back then as well. No kidding. Jesus. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> well, I find like, you know, what was really cool when I went to visit, uh, uh, it was the castle ruins and um, on the entry sign, it didn't have what we say in the state, senior citizens. Instead it said super citizens. <laughs> oh, I love that. What a way to reframe that. I know that's exactly <laughs> what I thought, you know? And so I, I tell my dad, this who's 81 this year and um how like when in the airports in the States, like anybody who's, um, I don't want to say anybody, so at the gates, you know that lineup of people in wheelchairs where they get the special escort onto the plane first? Yes. I, like when, I, as soon as I get to the States, that line becomes like a line, whereas it, over in the UK, like it just does like any of the airports, and this is just across a pond. This isn't way over in Asia where they have a really different concept about aging. But just even in the UK, like this spryness, um, it's not the expectation of decrepancy <laughs> as soon as you hit 60 in the States that we tend to be indoctrinated with. And, and, and it takes effect, like just the, you can see it in the airport lines, like older people are just standing there. Gray hairs aren't in wheelchairs. Yeah, it, isn't this interesting, the the subtle energies and mind shift. And I actually had a note here about uh, health in the USA. 
<laughs> for you. But it was like when I came here with several notes as usual and health in the USA as a, because I know you're a world traveler. I know you go to these places. I know you lived in Asia for 10 years and this is a big part of your life. And it's, you know, we're the Americans are very sickly. Yep. They are. So it's all that high fructose corn syrup. What's well, the programming that you work yep. until you're 65 you enjoy your 10 or 15 years of your retirement. I mean, there's so much here that's telling you how you should be and what and what you should be that it's and everyone just goes by the book on that. Uh, the majority, not everyone. Well, it needs to be updated. Um, clearly, even AARP needs to be updated about who they should be reaching out to. Um, so I I feel like it's all of the above. It's not only the high fructose corn syrup and our food supply, and it's gotten so much better in the States in the 10 years I've been back here. Um, but the mindset, like I was listening to someone in her 60s talk recently, and she was saying how, and I've seen it too, like Botox getting offered in, in a common thing for women and men in their 30s to do. Oh. And like they, they're like lowering the, the age of so many of the different chronic expected westernized diseases. And so I, I think the bottom line is um, the indoctrination of the fact that we are a capitalistically motivated healthcare system here yeah. is so much the issue. And like, this is gonna, whatever, I'll just say it. Uh, during this COVID time, about a third of the way, half of the way through it, I don't know. There was, I saw for the first time ever a commercial for the Catholic church, literally, like just a commercial where a kid, a man, early thirties, late twenties was talking about how he feels more peace when he prays. And then it was the Catholic church's messaging and like contact us here. Um, oh yeah, we have that. that. We also have uh, over here the you know, the Masons numbers have been lowered in the last 30 years and they went on a campaign to get fresh blood in. And so there are Masonic, you know, join the Masons commercials now too. <laughs> or ask a Mason to be a Mason, of course, that's the logo. So not only Je Jesuits and it's, it's just so um, the upside down here that it's unbelievable really all of this that's that's going on around us in the mockingbird media yeah but it has an effect because it's not even i mean the the consciousness that's been raised in the last year around the media and um misinformation um is is brilliant it really is. And, and I find it interesting. I, I, I said this in Reasonable Dragons, my third book, when I was saying, you know, we have this third scientific method of naturalist observation. Where you can just observe something happening in your life. Like when I choose A and it leads to this disastrous outcome, perhaps I don't want to choose A again. <laughs> Whereas yes. when I make choice C, <laughs> I like that. So let's choose more of that more often. <laughs> You know, like it's just, it's simple naturalist observation. And, and so when you eat dark chocolate, just a, a corner out of a bar, and you notice that you have a spring in your step and you're feeling joyous, let yourself eat another little chunk of dark chocolate. When you notice that you've eaten a pizza and you can't move for an hour, yes. and the next thing you want to do is eat more bread or more chips or more carbs. 
and, and then you notice how you feel after that. And then you look at the waistline, like we're, we're not needing to rely on outside authority figures in the same way anymore. And to rely on, now I love science for common agreed upon facts, but like in, I was saying in the field of archeology, span for example, it's radicalizing with the discovery of Gobleki Tepe over in Turkey. Yes you know, and pushing back the, what they believe is the origins of humans and then pushing back the origins of, like they were saying, I mean, obviously Christopher Columbus is not who discovered America, but the idea that it was this Taoist megaliths up in New York that are similar to what's on the, in the UK, like it's just pushing back everything we knew. And I feel like there's this, I can get into this more later, but I feel like there's this messaging from visiting. So I will, my, this last book, like I said, is called Dragon Master Creatrix, and it's a level in training with me. And when I take students out onto the land, it's after certain attunements and certain processes are done on them so that there's more connection with the stone circles to be able to get information from the stones, including how the ancients used those stone circles, whether it was for an alignment with the equinox or the solstice, and then what they what they knew at that time. And I, I, when I've come back from um, trips where I not only took a round after round after round of students out on re their retreats, but then I went to more stone circles like up in um, the Orkney Islands, for example, or over in Ireland for like another month traveling, I came home and like at one point I had to ask like for the communication, the channeling that bad downloads that were basically opening up in my consciousness to stop because it was so much I had to integrate. So I feel like there was this like from 2012 to 2032, it's our biggest evolutionary leap ever for humans supposedly. And the Mayans not identified that as did Yogi Bhajan in the Hindu culture. And if in the Mayans, it's mind blowing standing on an observatory, whether it's at Chichen Itza or it's in Teotihuacan outside Mexico City to, to have this sense of how many thousands of years ago they looked up in the sky and what they understood still beyond what we understand. And they predicted way up in 2012 was gonna be this phenomena of um, a, a shift from one era to another. It just, it feels like consciousness is really coming on board now. And all of that we knew, including where we relied on authority figures to tell us through science what is real and what isn't, is just having a collapse. And, and so it's why in part we're seeing so much misinformation, we're seeing the doubting of facts, we're seeing the discussion and arguments around facts and, and, and what are they calling it, not facts? Oh, fake news or something. <laughs> That's I don't no, know. they're called feelings. <laughs> it's just it, it's all from what i know it's all fitting in um i had a radio show on voice america for two and a half years i was approached by them prior to the december 21st 2012 alignment uh, alignment and i wasn't doing anything in my business back when i knew navier and i wasn't doing anything in my business with um the mayan i, I wasn't doing anything with it and, and i didn't know why they approached me i didn't care i just listened to my intuition and called them back and said yes and so I ended up interviewing a bunch of specialists and scientists on the show around the December 21st alignment. And I ended up on a yoga cruise um, with a bunch of these specialists teaching meditation and doing energy medicine sessions over on the cruise to Chichen Itza. We got special permission to be with the Mayan shaman right there at Chichen Itza. And we're all in white. We had to wear white and we're all, I was barefoot. And I had just taken a... Uh, client there the year before on a VIP trip and barefoot and the ground was not reverberating, but it was on December 21st, 2012. 
it was like the ground was shooting up lightning rods there. It was insane. And there was all these TV films, TV crews, and they were, I was seen as far away as Poland because it was such a big phenomena there. And I learned that it was an era that we're leaving of destruction and we're moving into an era of construction and con meaning with, meaning you and me, all three of us together building with the audience, our, our, our world by our choices and really becoming awakened to having fresh alive consciousness accessible instead of going on robotic mode, like not questioning what we're eating and checking out about our health and our age. And well, this means I should get this test because my doctor says now that I'm at this age, I should get this test. You know, <laughs> just all that checked out living is it's, we're just, we need to be awake. Yes. Oh, I, I feel you. I'm singing the same song. Yeah, we've become it's complacent as a species. Well, no one looks at components and affect in the way things come in alignment with us or bring us out of alignment and this really for me ground level is that which we consume our foods and our our liquids are at the core if we're if we're looking to want to feel good on on the very first level and it is surprising to me always to see where that separates here. And then this, this is a chain and it goes all the way up into things like taking, you know, being told, taking, taking jabs in the arms and stuff without actually doing your research yourself and looking at the components in it and how will they affect you? How have they affected other things? How do they work together? How do they deal with what you ingest and all this stuff? We, own the ability to be conscious and to look at our temples in a different way and to kind of understand that they're sacred by understanding that is understanding on the ground level what we're putting in them just like you would in your car Oh, I just recently did a video. I have a Q&A with Dr. A um, series on my YouTube channel. And within the last month, I did a video where I was talking about, the, you know how you think about the care and maintenance over your home? Yes. Well, I mean, I've been a world traveler. We've already established that living at different periods of time um, in different places for at least a month at a time. And I remember like the ec ecstatic feeling I got when I looked at the fact that I had just moved myself back across the planet and had uh, only nine oversized duffel bags worth of stuff to my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I could like, like I had a conscious track of what I owned besides all the boxes of books in my parents, my closet, in my bedroom, my parents' house. Yes. The sacred yeah. books. <laughs> Indeed. And, and so I, I have always considered like me, my body, my home, and my temple. I, I still rent because I can't be bothered with the maintenance of a house. Um, I, I just don't have the time and, or no desire to deal with it. And um, I like to be more portable in all ways. And so it's reinforced that I focus on my body as my house. And yes. so, the, yeah, so that kind of maintenance, like you're talking about with the car, I was just talking about with a house, but apply it to not just our bodies, but our energy fields. And it, there's so much that is just out there about chakras, for example, or about consciousness or about the law of attraction 
that is just flying people during the spiritual awakening time where people are hungry and more and more are looking for stuff on chakras and on yoga and meditation. There's so much misinformation out there. And um, I, I feel a strong sense of um, integrity, keeping the integrity to these ancient teachings so that somebody doesn't burn themselves up. Or, uh, and so what I'm saying is, is that there's all this different stuff to learn about how energy works and how consciousness works and how our mind works. And we're only aware of 15 at most percent from our thoughts. We do actually take the time to observe and have the detachment to observe our mind pumping out. That's only 15% at most of our consciousness overall. The rest of it's buried in what I call the back of the house consciousness and then all of the chakras. And so if you can get your energy flowing in all levels, man, what else, what else becomes potential is just phenomenal. And I'm, I'm still discovering it. And so like just living in that robotic mode, like Jerry, you were talking about, it just, I, I, I can't even fathom it because it's just such a deadened way to go about life. And then what we were talking about before and we came on Nisha about like the concept of actually being bored, being able to be bored, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the lockdowns have only exacerbated that. People getting stuck at home, getting a rut in a rut, rather, you know, working from home, eating whatever, you know, no, no real schedule that they had yeah. before, you know. A lot so. of people have been suffering from that for sure. Um, I don't know. Lockdown, though, it's been interesting going out on this like podcast circuit at, at the stage of lockdown and just listening to how so many different people have um, responded and reacted to what's been going on for the last year and, and people have asked me to philosophize about COVID and I never have from the beginning because what I understand, like whether it's a, a tumor or it's an emotional pattern, the way the body, the mind, body, spirit system lets go of something is it first gets worse before it gets better. It's the homeopathic response, like a fever peaking before it breaks. Yes. Uh-huh. And we're in a 20 year window of cleansing and the breaking down of the all the old parts of the old paradigm that can't be brought forward into this new era. So we have been in a time since around 2012, at a personal level, some people may have seen the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, and a bodily or rather health issue all coming together, like three crises at once. Some people may have only required one crisis at once. Other people are awakening in their ears, um, they're hearing ringing in their ears, thinking it's tinnitus or they're all of a sudden attracted to exploring with ayahuasca or they're wanting to go to the yoga studio and learn how to meditate or they're wanting to learn about chakras. Those are all symptoms of the spiritual awakening that's happening. We have been getting dumped on by the cosmos with certain kinds of vibrations from uh, outside and above and beyond the earth that are in the ethers now around us living on earth to awaken at the crown chakra. People are tingling at the crown, they're tingling at the head. And if you suppress that energy then you end up in a spiral whereas you, if you allow it to open you as the whole spiritual path the, even the path to enlightenment is meant to be then you'll have a much more graceful time of it and not a, my senses and i cried i hardly ever cry i'm not an easy cry i don't hold back but it's just i'm pretty neutral by from all the decades of meditating for christ's sake by this point <laughs> so <laughs> when it first happened and hit the west covid I was doing an equinox this time last year, a special um, event, and I cried on it because what I saw was that humanity put off 
dealing with themselves in such a way that would require COVID to get this bad. I like this perspective, by the way. Tell me why. Yeah, you're not. It's esoteric. That's why. Pardon me? It's esoteric. That's why I like it. Oh, that it's roboting. It's you. I think I think it's you. No, I was I like I like that. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you were roboting before. Um, No, I like it. It's interesting perspective in that it's esoteric. It's a uh, meta explanation of what's happening on to the collective versus. Yeah. The it's a conspiracy narrative, which I hate. Well, it seems, but that that seems like it's part of it. And even today, I have one of my clients, a long-term client is a scientist and he's Canadian. And some people who've been following me a while have seen him. He was on a Zoom event I had on two solstices ago, I think maybe just one talking about global warming. And um, that's also my first career is protecting the environment. I was a political uh, organizer and advisor. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was, it was, it was good at that time. Okay. Okay. Um. Got the last bit of green space in LA Basin saved, actually. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was. I was I was really elated about that. And I learned to meditate because of that, because I had had so much success on that primary that then they threw me in a really intense race up in the Sierra Nevadas between a developer and a conservationist running for a state assembly seat. No, it was a federal seat. And my body was like, zing, it got tight. And so I, I was walking through the bookstore in this I lived in San Francisco at the time and a book on meditation fell off the shelf and dropped right at my feet. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Couldn't walk any further. And so I learned to meditate as a result of the stress from that political um, career. And um, where I was going with that, I'm going to let go of and just say, the nature of the mind from what I learned from meditating myself and then teaching it for decades now to, in the public school system, in the international school system, it, to adults in yoga classes and around the world, all different cultures is the nature of the mind still the same. And the ego mind is really myopic. It's really, it's really self-absorbed. Yes. And it's either during this COVID time, it's kind of like you could have gone way self-absorbed and really gotten into the ego mind's clutches even worse, or you could have used it to force yourself to drop down into the heart more and and start to expand and start to um, come out of the small me focus. I've heard you talk about this in reference when you talk about observation of one's thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a big deal. Well, I mean, it's the first step to freedom, isn't it, though? You know? Yeah, of course it is. And it's like, the, <laughs> excuse me, it is like the biggest step, too, because, and everybody does it in their own way, at their own pace. And it's funny because that self-absorption is what leads to depression it's what leads to giving away in great part believing that there's something wrong because the ego mind's natural predisposition as framed by our culture at least is to be a problem solver and so it focuses on problems my first book's title that i wrote over in asia the last year that i was there is what if there's nothing wrong 
So if we, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. An interesting response to that, asking that question inside my title of my first book coming over to the state. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, it requires a big engagement into, especially, you know, a question anyway, engages someone. And then that, you know, powerful questions like that really has to grab people. And then you have to become responsible for your thoughts. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? And, and, and it's also that, I mean, you have to come out of victim mode. Yes. And, when I, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean the government or some power outside of you, whether it's an abusive boss or colleague or husband or wife or whatever. I mean, victim to your own self-destructive thoughts and self-limiting thoughts and coming out of that self-absorption of the small me ego mind in, in, in rising above it, so to speak. And, and to get that detachment, that's where I find when I come in with the energy medicine aspect of the system I eventually developed called vibration upgrade system, it's applied mindfulness after I do the clearings and activations. The clearings and activations are done to cut the mind-body connection. So that automatic trigger, like I'm stressed, so I eat A or um, that person's walking towards me and they have that kind of uh, look and I hate that kind of look. So I'm going to react like B, like those mm -hmm. automatic robotic triggers, cutting that mind body connection then allows for more detachment from the trigger. So more consciousness is freed up to the conscious mind level. So detachment becomes more accessible. And so I typically, when I'm first working with somebody, especially if they're freshly into this work, I'm doing a whole slew of clearings on newbies. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm coupling an activation with that, but it's so funny how the clearings are always what gets focused on. Even at the mastermind level, just recently I had to say, hey, so you're not just clearing that behavior you don't want, right? The undesired behavior. Let's activate the positive behavior, the desired behavior. But the focus still always is, I want to stop that. I want to get rid of that. I want that to go away instead of like, I would like, and then fill in the blank. Uh, see, I love this when you do your work because it, well, you get into a different voice and you bring in the, the imprint and, and cut out and you cancel out. So uh, people Thank just you. have to experience what you're talking, what I'm talking about here. And you offer, offer this on your, on, on your YouTube for free with some stuff. And so like with the money clearing one, I listened to that one today and was just really profoundly moved by the process in which you do that. And I also am in love with Dr. K, the way in which you changed chakra sequences to get to, mm. uh, to a metamorphosis. This is to me, a lot of people that may be sacrilege. And I think it is absolutely brilliant. These are PowerPoints. These are, a, this is a, a control grid of sorts for your energetic body. Oh, I love what you just said. I want you to actually talk more about what you perceive I'm up to because I could, I would appreciate the reflection from somebody who sees well, what I'm saying here is the, okay, so first off with the, it's the, so everyone, when you go to her site, there's one on, there's a free session with her basically, where she's doing a, 
an acceptance of money in your life, basically. And there's a lot of voice intonation that changes and it's moves it moves you psychically through a process of clearing out something a barrier and so for me i have a real barrier with many experiences being a nun or a monk and uh and and what that means is vows of poverty and and she and you actually mention that in the process so you go there's a no yes process in here and an imprint and then the way in which you come in and cut it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so powerful it's so powerful and then when you're doing your sock your chakra resequencing this is incredibly powerful because you go from the root to the heart now this process alone if you just think about that anyone that's aware of the chakra sequence and uh if you just think about that it's incredible because you're you're reprogramming yourself and for specific needs and and we're all used to say like a rain uh, we're all used to seeing like uh i've always been a big fan of k gardner and i used to play a rainbow path back in the late 80s a lot it was on on loop because i've just found that work of art so amazing but it's going from you know basically the standard channels from all the, the base all the way up and something about the way in which you reprogram this and use each chakra for its actual value yeah it does something I don't even, I can't actually, I don't have language, Dr. K, around what it does, but on an internal level and intuitively, it is absolutely the way in which a programming board, I think, is supposed to be used. And in this context, we're talking about our chakra systems, which are our programming boards. And so by reprogramming ourselves using each point of power, and especially with the intonations, the vibration, the magical words, this is, it's really quite moving. So there's, there's kind of a, a, a breakdown. <laughs> wow, Anish, thank you so much. That was so valuable to me. It, it um, because I, I have been at the mercy of my system, my consciousness, my guidance, my team, the divine since my late teens. Um, I mean, I, I didn't block it out, my connection. I, I, I grew it and cultivated it, trumped through the woods with my older brother while he would go ahead of me breaking uh, the dead tree limbs, already dead stuff, not green stuff. <laughs> I'd be like connecting with the ferns and the moss and the the fae and the fairy folk and the creek and the critters around the creek and the dragonflies and just the tree, just feeling connected in all of the life. And what I came to learn later was the greater field of or the Tao you know, chi, life force, vital life force energy running yes. through all of nature. But then what I learned was uh, eventually was how the vital life force energy runs through the human system. So I, I am having to, I've had to early on learn how to get out of the way and allow this massive consciousness that I am so blessed to possess from clearly other lifetimes doing some pretty damn high level work apparently 
um, to allow it to do what it wants to do, like stand under the stars um, for quite a while and receive a download at key times with key alignments. And then when I say receive a download, learn how to, so I'm taking stuff in unconsciously. And then like within the next week, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden having new creative ideas and new understandings. I haven't given, I, I've had teachers along the way, but I, I have pieced so much of this from my own consciousness and the way I deal with the chakra system, I bring in the personal trainer, I bring in the yoga teacher, I bring in the background of permanent behavioral change. I have certification in that, but I am coming at it from, like if I talked about my psych major, my first major in college, I left it after the third semester because I, it was not by any means answering the question, how do I be and how do we be the most thriving, happiest, joyous versions of ourselves possible? And I've spent my whole time ever since then looking to answer that question. And I really feel like I, I, I found it. And, and what I'm doing, I have a couple of different methods of that I use to run clearings. And what you were talking about, that yes, no format, I have extrapolated out and do it in a more activation focused way since about 2019, where I'm focusing on activating latent and inherent talents and keys and codes within each of us because of the awakening times having been active since about 2012. And so it's an even more expanded version of the yes, no, but that there is some command that is in my, part of it I know is second energy medicine modality I learned. I learned five and then I created a vibrational upgrade system along with my yoga and meditation teacher background for that, the mindfulness component. But it's not the mindfulness like when you eat an apple and you're present and you're going, oh, I'm mindfully eating my apple. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's where you're you're, you have that cut, like I was talking about before, of the mind-body connection. So you have freed up consciousness accessible, your conscious mind level to help now use applied mindfulness that I gear in a coaching capacity towards the behavioral pattern you're moving beyond. So using and applying what you just gained in the clearing and the activation when it's time, whether it's a week later, three days later, or a month later, that your system shifts enough for you to consciously take over the management so that the training wheels start to come off where you don't require me as much to do the clearings and activations, but you're becoming more, you're having more mastery over your own consciousness. And so there is all of this command that I learned when I took my sec second energy medicine um, training, or it's a Tibetan energy medicine, and I learned how to make a command in my heart. And I really appreciate you saying I don't have words for what's going on because that's what I'm talking. All these words that are coming out of my mouth that you all are listening to are an attempt to get to give you the background behind what's actually happening that is beyond words to be explained. There is this command that I've learned, like I remember using it on uh, tumors and even before neuroplasticity was confirmed by science, I was talking to the cells around, commanding the cells around the damaged brain cells from where a tumor had sat to assume the, the um, functioning of the damaged cells. I just intuitively knew after listening and working on the person that that's what I could do. And I did, and she did, and we got, gained back the functioning. And then science came out with neuroplasticity. I'm not making this up, like about a year or two later. And so just learning, having learned how to surrender to that guidance and, and, and learning how to make this command 
in the energy medicine itself, no matter what the words are, like I'd rather do energy medicine in silence, but people's ego minds hearing words, it just helps you gain more. And so I do it out loud. Um, but there's a sense of command that's happening where I, I seem to be reminding your system of its optimal functioning. The ego, and okay, so you just brought in something that I found completely uh, wonderful, which is when you said the ego mind needs the words. And this is so important. It's so hard. And we have all heard that anyone that works in energetics and even just trying to help people get into the idea of stillness when they're, they're dealing with the mind and the chatter in the mind is such a big deal. And so when the work you're doing and the, uh, let me put it this way, by addressing that, by addressing the fact that the ego mind needs words and that you give the ego mind words to play with in the resequencing of this energetic rebalance is fantastic. It's powerful. And when I just did that little session of yours on your site, I sincerely felt that that in action. So it's like a guided meditation in a way, but it's it's like on with turbo boost or something, you know, it's I would call it like a, in the yogic terms, we call it kind of like a Shakti put or it's a transmission. Yes. Um, like when I'm <laughs> Somebody, I, I noticed in the chat, somebody said, I have a crazy laugh. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, laughter. I love your laugh. It is, it really does bring one present. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's kind of fun too to be talking about something dead serious. I'll never forget somebody came in on a free monthly call and said, um, I love your laugh. I, and, and your laugh started, it did what you just said. And you, it startled them right out of where they were going down in their own head, the track of thought. And and I could be talking about something as serious as cancer and, and, and laugh. And it, it just startles people out of the, everything's wrong. What do I have to fix <laughs> paradigm? Um, but I, I feel like the ego mind with the words, like when I'm saying them, they're selected and, and they're encoded. It, it's, it's, I have done, it's like a flute player or a cellist or a violinist in the symphony. Like, I have allowed my system to become a fine-tuned instrument learning how to, because I've been doing it for so long. It's just so much practice, you know, was on so many people over and over again. There are like tweaks I can do in the machinery of one subtle energy system that is what you're experiencing with the Chakra Attunement Audio Series. You can go to my website, for example, and vibrationalupgrade.com. Yeah, I have a, a YouTube channel and that's what Nisha is talking about where you can experience some of the work for free. And um, then on vibrationalupgrade.com, if you go to the Chakra Attunement Audio Series, there's a list of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual blocks that you will experience in your life if related to which chakra it is. So you could self-assess and that's my signature product. It's it's the backbone to my signature program, Magic Manifestation of Money Flow. And people, I, I warn people to only listen to the root chakra one time a day, especially when they first buy it, because you 
It works. You get these physical responses in the tailbone, the butt, and the glutes, the legs or the feet. And then when people get to the heart chakra, like they get anger starts coming out, frustration, resentment, blame. So there's the release of those blocks that are relevant to that chakra that you can see coming out. And so not pounding out all seven chakras the first day you buy them is highly recommended. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so go to my website and check out the chakra to audio series because i mean that really is the core way to start and it's not like somebody else's chakra bowl healing clearings on youtube it's not that kind of a thing where there's like a momentary balance rebalancing that's happening i'm talking about how to unwind the un the core parts of your behavior that aren't really you so that you can actually access the parts of you that are alive and meant to be taking you forward now. All of you know what I'm talking about, no matter, well, not no matter the words I use, but all of you know that there are parts of you that are like an old coat that you'd like to shake off. And they're usually a family of entangled beliefs. If you picture a ball of yarn, it, there's like a whole or sun, you know how we would draw the sun when we were kids with a perfect circle or close to, and then a bunch of rays all around it coming out. It's like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, the ball in the center is like one core belief and that core belief is what we call in um, yogic terms or the Hindu culture within the yogic canon, um, samskara. And each of us are born as a soul with like one or two, of these to move beyond, to evolve beyond in our lifetime. That's our soul's dharma or work that lifetime. And so around each of these one or two samskaras are core foundational patterns that we have incarnated to evolve our soul beyond doing. There's this whole family of balled up entangled beliefs that I spend time when I can access people in this way. I started in the chakra series in a very systematic way, but then when people work with me, I then obviously tune into what's up for them and then run the relevant clearings to begin and to continue and to complete, if I'm given the opportunity to, um, the uh, disentangling the un it's so that the ball of yarn is no longer entangled and it's clear and clean consciousness. And so what you're talking about niches, it's, it's great because you're identifying the activation and, and, uh, the chakras, they mean, it means wheel and it turns vital life force energy and it's responsible for, it's an intersection of the mind, body and spirit. And each one is responsible for a certain area of life. Like one of them is responsible for um, manifesting and your power to manifest. And another one is responsible for your feeling life. And so if you were shut down as a kid um, because you weren't allowed to express any feelings. You just had to be very um, on all the time and going about your tasks and getting good grades and powering through any kind of feelings. So no like emotional expressions are really allowed or supported or, or endorsed within the household environment. You would then have an unconscious block of beliefs around it's not okay for me to feel what I feel. It's not okay for me to express what I feel. That involves the second and the fifth chakras. So that might show up as a person who um, is not feeling okay to follow their own guidance. They might be more externally guided and they may um, have a hard time speaking up for themselves, especially with their truth. And um, they may be very heady and intellectual. 
as an example. And so unraveling all of that is so much bloody fun to help a person get to the point of seeing the freedom that they always sensed they could get to, but didn't know how. It's my greatest joy. That's why I do what I do. Because as one person is freed up in their consciousness and they're a higher vibration, therefore, that catalyzes so much upliftment in the collective holographic way we're all connected and it makes it easier for the next person. That's what's happening now. We're hitting critical mass if we haven't already. And that's why there's so much more suffering as a uh, almost like a healing response is much more light is more people awakened with more alive consciousness running through them on the planet. And so the contrast is people are seeing their own darkness more and they're either going deeper into it or they're doing stuff, something about it. And COVID came along. I have a question. Hi, Jerry. Hi. I've been waiting. <clears throat> um, have you, have you ever come across anyone who doesn't have any chakras? Or is oh, missing no. some? No, I don't believe it's possible, which is a weird sentence for me to have out of my mouth. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's an inherent thing we're all born with. We're all wired with it. It's not like a limb that could be missing. Mm. It could just be really deactivated and totally blocked. And so then we have to unblock it and then awaken it and enliven it. So it could seem to the person like I don't have that chakra. <laughs> okay. I, I remember a few years ago, someone was offering shock removal services and stuff like that, um, which I found shock interesting. Shock removal? Yes. It sure wasn't. Was, that was not satire? No, it was not satire. Oh, my. <laughs> Entity removal out of a chakra? No, actual chakra removal services. Some people, some people believe they're alien implants of a sort. Oh, for Christ's sake, that's taking conspiracy theory on like cocaine. <laughs> crack, at, crack the cocaine, and then there you go with that. Conspiracy theory <laughs> metaphor mixing, yes. God's sakes. That's like saying um, eye removal. Yeah, I know. It's, I just, I was just going to, I just asked. I wanted to ask. That's all. No, it's not at you, Jerry. It's at like how far down the line conspiracy theories have gone. <laughs> Oh, this person was. Um, I don't even know what to say to it. I don't remember who it was now. Yeah, it's Some... probably better you don't. <laughs> <laughs> she was, you know, quote unquote energy healer. That was one of the things she offered. I don't remember who. Well, it that's was. what I was saying before. When, when, like, there's so much misinformation. Like, I went to the source of it and got trained at it. Um, so that, I mean, that was the only way I could do it. Uh, and so I see. Like I did, <laughs> I did like the most unsuccessful marketing I've ever done from an event I did at the beginning of 2020, where I was talking about this misinformation and talking about the integrity of the spiritual path. And um, it was not a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> people did not want to hear that. Um, advanced people did, but like others did not. So there was just so much... Um, it's, the, it's part of a symptom of the spiritual awakening times. Like everybody's like wanting to talk about it or, or um, make fun of it. Like it, it, it's not a bad thing, bottom line in a way, because it's just people are awakening to the idea that I'm more than the physical. Life is, there's a yes. mess physical beyond yes. the physical. It's just an erroneous path off of it. Well, and this is something that I find interesting 
and I'd love to hear you elaborate on this idea, the sentience of life force. Oh boy, that's fun. Thanks, Nish. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's do something. Everybody take your palms and let bring them out in front of your heart area. And you have your hands, they don't, don't, it's not, we're not involving the heart, so don't be focused on, is my heart right here? Don't worry about that. All I'm saying is just hold your hands out in front of you. <laughs> Let your palms face each other. Towards your heart, like palms towards your heart? No, just forget oh, about Palms the heart. to each other. Yeah, it's okay. more about the hands and the palms and not about the heart. Um, so your elbows are probably bent and your palms are facing each other and your hands are probably about a foot, um, maybe a foot and a half apart. Palms are facing each other. Elbows can be slightly bent. Don't lock the arms so that you're not holding your arms out straight, trying to make it the furthest reach possible. It's just light, easy elbow flow, slight bend in the elbows. And so now I think everybody's got it. Okay. So slowly, okay. So slowly start to bring your palms slowly. This is all about slowness. Remember, I'm a Qigong, I don't think I've said this yet. I'm a Qigong teacher also. Slowly bring your hands towards each other, the palms facing each other. And as you do so, tune in, use your clairsentience to what's happening in between your fingers and palms. Your hands are not gonna touch. I'm still bringing mine together, by the way. Now they're about three inches apart. Now they're about two inches apart and feel what you feel, but don't bring your palms together. Let them at most be an inch apart. Once you get there, slowly start to bring them back out. Slowly, tuning into the fingers, the fingertips, the palms, the underbelly of the knuckles, your thumbs, even down to the wrists, but mostly the focus is on the palms and the fingers. And now that you've gone back out to where you probably started, let's bring them towards each other again. And so what are you sensing? Warmth. Yep. What else? But I've done this exercise before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gotten pretty common by now. It's, yeah. it's the first It's the first understanding of qigong, actually. Yeah, you Bring can sense soprano or the qi, whatever. Well, qi is Chinese, like tai chi, which comes from qigong, and prana is right, right, right. Uh, yogic. So the vital life force energy is electric and it's magnetic. So the electricity creates the heat and the magnetism creates the sense that there's something in between your palms or you're almost like pushing through something and you can't really, if you tune in at that more subtle level, you can't really push your hands together. Sure, you could, you could mechanically force them together, but that's a sense of ego, mind and forcefulness. If you pay attention to at a more subtle level, it feels like you're pushing your hand. If you push your hands together, there's something between them. So yeah, it always fit. It definitely feels like to me, you, you, would really have to push to get them together. The energy is so thick in between them. And that's good. Yes. Yeah, so the vital life force energy is um, some of the ways it shows up when I'm clearing people is they, um, some people get goosebumps um, even when, I think that's a marker for a lot of people when they hear something that's true and aligned um, other people feel a sense of heat. Other people feel the tingles. Other people yawn. Other people, as the chi or the prana gets 
through a block as I'm clearing a blockage in the physical body, excuse me, the chi or the prana is breaking, it's distributing out more. So it's getting out because I'm clearing a block. So the shock, the relevant chakra, whichever one it is, depending on the clearing substance I'm doing, then the chakra opens, a little more life force gets out and it goes to an area that's chronically blocked. And as that chi gets out to that blocked area, there's a slight sense of pain for a little bit because it's opening where what has been chronically tight. So people sometimes experience pain too. A lot of the times people's feet will tingle, they'll feel more heat at the feet um, and the hands. So those are all different ways to perceive when you're getting clearings and you're, you're seeing the vital life force energy moving more. Um, But you talked about, you had a big question on the healthcare system. And one of the, and I just recently did a video on my YouTube channel, just the last one on the, in the Q and A with Dr. Ray uh, playlist in it's, or it's a series. And it was about the food containing life force. And th that whole concept of, I mean, if you're gonna eat, if you want your face, for example, to look younger, then you could have more life force flowing and less blocked life force. I actually have one of my masterminders um, after her session yesterday with me, a one-on-one -on -one energy medicine session, she had uh, age spots disappear. She actually had them disappear from a clearing I did last week, but she just was giving me her response from the one-on-one -on -one yesterday. And she said, you know, I just watched your video and it's funny because last week those age spots I was talking about on my face disappeared. So it, like this light, it's life force. I mean, you can unwind in a way your age. I'm not saying like you can unwind everything. Some things are karmic and they're meant to be from my experience, from what I've seen. And I, I've spent years and tens of thousands of dollars learning how to clear karma because it's quite tricky. Um, so some things are just, you have to go through it. It's karmic. Isn't um, that other, cheating? Clearing karma? Yeah. It won't clear if it were cheating. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. It's, a great, it's a great question, Jerry. Really, I mean, you can speed up the clearing of it. You can speed up the resolution of it by the clearings and activations. That I've seen for sure. Um, and some some of it is like the the, the tendencies that happen because of previous karma. Um, that lead towards a certain behavioral pattern, being able to clear those tendencies that are at unconscious and subconscious levels also helps loosen up a karmic bond or karmic tie. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think sometimes a lot of people in the West don't understand the difference between karma and dharma. Yeah, I agree. And that's a, there's a big difference there. And I oftentimes hear kind of a misconstrued, um, I see and observe that these, these words with their concepts and their energy get misconstrued in, in the vernacular around Western folks. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's kind of like along the lines of what I was talking about before that led to um, the idea that somebody's trying to remove chakras. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these, 
these terms, frankly, are so bloody foreign to our conditioning in the States in particular. Like I find even across the pond in the UK, they're, they're more open to magic. They're more open to um, the metaphysical. They live on a very magical land, not to say the States is not absolutely exquisite, nor Canada, both Canada and the States are. Um, but there seems to have been a use of the land in the UK that cultivates more of a, a perception and there's a cultural norming. I mean, they have a unicorn on their um, country flag, if I'm not mistaken, it could be the city of London. I wrote about it in my third book and I'm not keeping it straight right now. But I mean, could you imagine our stars and stripes having like a unicorn in the center of it? it that's what they have over there. And so I'm it's Scotland, it. by the way. Scotland initially, yeah. And then um, I think it's the city of London too. Um, Cause the English has the lion and the um, dragon, I believe. Wales's dragon, I don't remember. Um, well, plus there's there's all this, it's, it's a whole different thing over there too. I mean, we've got, the ancient, not ancient, but the very old tapestries and yeah. the way the unicorn is woven into yeah. the cultural experience is completely different than what happened here in pop culture with it. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we took the whole reliance on science thing to a whole nother level. Um, so why I'm saying this is to get back to your, your dharma versus karma. And so what I was talking about earlier, the unwinding of a ball of yarn of all those entangled beliefs. So that sunshine with all the rays, the samskara where we're each born with like one or two core points of evolution for our soul. That's our dharma to move beyond that for, that, for our soul to evolve beyond these one or two foundational patterns in this lifetime, in this incarnation. That's our work. So a synonym for Dharma is that's our soul's work, so to speak. Karma is, I, I, in that training I spent with um, year, years in clearing karma, one of the points of contention I had with the Chinese master I was working with was he seemed to have a view of karma. And it, it was interesting for me to be questioning a, a traditional Taoist master and teacher and this is when you were living over there for a decade, mm -hmm. and, right? Yep. And when I returned, um, I continued to work with Chinese masters and yogic masters. Um, so it was both. Uh, so he said that karma, he presented karma as if it were punishing. And I just, I didn't, it didn't sit right with me. It, it just, in my lower belly, it just, uh, it was off. And so I, I asked questions to my consciousness and sat with it and, and, and talked with a trusted uh, friend who was advanced enough to have the conversation in a way that um, <laughs> I, I was looking for. And um, I came out with understanding that while it could seem like the, like, oh man, you'll get your karmic due kind of a sentence when somebody would say um, karma's a bitch, another example, yeah. as it's punishing, yeah. Instead, it's more like just simple cause and effect. And if, and like, so some people in more of like the new age field or the, the quote unquote spiritual communities out there, like let's say on Facebook, cause I've been, I've been niched in, into spirituality and I, 
fought with Hay House, for example, my first book to not be put into the new age genre because I'm not new age, I'm new thought and I'm not yeah. spiritual. My first book, all I talked about was consciousness. There was nothing spiritual in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been unbelievable. I really. like this separation you make with this as well, by the way. Thank you, Nish, because I mean, it's approachable for atheists and agnostics too. It's, it's a mechanical system for God's sakes, based on universal laws. <laughs> it doesn't have to be spiritualized, but that's typically where we go in the West with it. So I feel like with karma, I could have, let's say, um, this, so in, in the spiritual community, one of the things I hear is that karma is, um, you must have been, if you're poor in this lifetime, it could be because you were wealthy and abused poor people in other lifetimes. So there's the punishment aspect of karma. I, I also have heard people say in the spiritual community um, that you've been all, we've been all things in all the lifetimes. I, I question that. Um, I feel like my understanding is that we don't change that radically as a soul. And so I could have had tendencies, like you said, as a nun or as a monk. And so vows of poverty were taken. So in this next lifetime, maybe one of your samskaras is to allow yourself to become, have a merger as many of us are. It's one of the thing, major aspects rebalancing on our planet right now during these awakening times, the spiritual with the material where you're okay, not only okay, you love money and you allow money to love you and you allow yourself to be loved through luxury. Like you evolved oh, that far. Sister. <laughs> yeah, you evolved <laughs> that far along your dharmic will, so to speak. So yeah. it, to quote it, idiocracy, I like money. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like money. And money likes me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's talk about money for a second. Like, there's a concept I, I've seen so many spiritual people have what you're talking about. Uh, so I'm on one end of the spectrum, but I'm also working with corporate people who um, feel the dryness of like a, a robotic job that they thought they had to stay in in order to accomplish A. And so they stay in the corporate job and they're all dried out. And I mean, I've had tons of men on my table through the years with guts totally torn up, whether with colon cancer or indigestion, chronic or... Mm -hmm. chronic heartburn some of that's their diet but much of it is their at some point they compromised their integrity when they said yes to a, a maneuver in a business setting when they didn't really want to be saying yes in order to bring home the bacon as like the old masculine form of i'm the hero the martyr i have to um provide for my family hunter gatherer days still the non-divine masculine form is is what I'm, I'm describing and so i've seen men ripped up in their guts because of having made decisions that went against their sense of integrity and what's right in order to continue to bring home the money. So like living in that kind of a, a way dries people out. And so just thinking about like a cherished object you have, not a crystal, but like some cherished object, a physical object that you have, you can infuse that with a sense of spirit. And I, I teach this. Um, so, that thing has like people notice it more maybe it's a painting maybe it's a, a um, stuffed animal maybe it's a certain um, statue of a certain god or goddess or, or the sun or the earth but an object infused like you hold it in your hands you, you love it and or you ask it to do something for you like if you do have a globe 
can you please you hold it in your hands and you love on that and you say you know i love the earth and and your consciousness has way more power that's what i was talking about when i was talking about the stone circles and visiting them and having to get out of the way to allow my consciousness this vast consciousness i've been blessed with to have its way you know within a sense of balance and rationality um but i'm discovering like there's so much untapped potential and and so if we are holographic if everything is connected if I have a, a higher vibration, so my visualizing it comes to pass, my consciousness can take pictures and create form or matter easier because of my cleaner, more purified ego mind and higher vibration, then who's to say when I hold that globe in my hands, not only do I attract um, beautiful vibrations and people notice the globe when they come over because of the energy infused into it, but who's to say I'm not also helping the earth itself? with just the intention. Like I've seen my thoughts manifest um, when I've held a desire that is something that will help me, my heart uplift and help me uplift others. For example, I, I've just thought, asked a question like, okay, what would it take or how does, how will this happen? And the universe brings it in. And I say that a lot, like the how is not our job nowadays. It used to be with our having to figure out the how and use our minds to figure out the five steps to that goal. And we stay within those five steps, even if its door is closed and we're walking through brick walls and we're forcing and efforting and making happen. That's our plan. We're sticking to it. Instead of, <laughs> you know, instead of the, you know, you take a step, here's your, after you get that piece of inspired guidance, this is the how, it's the first step of the how. All right, you take that action step. The second step of the how comes in through inspired guidance. And that doesn't mean you're sitting in oming and call that person only. It means also from what I've seen from the work I'm doing, like in my magic manifestation and money flow program, this is a great part of the intention. I'm activating them so that they can be more receptive. Their fields can bring in synchronicities. I'm doing certain tweaks on certain chakras so that their fields become more connected to the unlimited field of possibilities of the Tao that's all around us it's to them, synchronicities. So that person with this offer, when you were asking the how last week comes in with the how, hi, this is what I do. Would you like the service? Well, yes, in fact, this is exactly what I've been looking for. But so there's not all of that forcing and efforting, but it's a natural building and creation of one's life. And that's what we're meant to be stepping into a, cre a construction era, not a destruction era, where we are co-creators of our reality, one choice at a time, not victim to anything. You, you're, okay, so in the... <laughs> I don't know if this is the psychology field or what, what field this is where I, I'm intensely moved by the way in which you language. And uh, it, I think I was just talking to Sansa Asylum, who's a, a clairvoyant and all this on my other show, the Cosmic Salon. And one of the things we were talking about in the second hour is double speak and not double speak in the negative way, Double speak where in the way in which we saw it and say like Tolkien's work where Galendra, you know what I'm talking about. Keep going. Where, where so you're speaking to everyone and then you can speak to someone individually at the same time and that yep. and the power of that. And I just continually get this from you, Dr. K. 
it's amazing. I'm getting, I'm, it, uh, this is a very rare experience for this to happen for me. And uh, I, I was getting it from looking into your YouTube videos and I'm getting it now and it's incredible. I don't know. And I know you know this. I know you know the, this uh, higher art, this higher uh, ability and science. And so, and I also know that you're, I feel like you're not manipulating it. I feel like it's flowing and I am tapping into this flow. And so I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm having a very unique experience with this interaction and so i'm just stepping in and i'm in gratitude because i've received so many messages from you tonight it's so it's really it's really incredible oh anish thank you that's a gift it's a gift to me i'm i'm literally like kind of shocked by it and i uh it's it's really it's something i i hope to get to that level at some point it's, uh, I, I don't even know. I can't, I, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna give away stuff in my personal life, but I've just received so many messages from you tonight. Well, also, this is, you know, and one, and it kind of goes on to one of the notes I came in here with, subtle cool. energy. And yeah. that's the note, subtle energy. Yeah, so what I find is when I have show hosts, um, especially when it's a recorded and not live one and I'm running a clearing or I'm even just speaking the examples I use are intuitively guided. Um, and what I talk about is intuitively guided. Sometimes I'm consciously doing it. Like I'm intuiting something in your field. And so I'm, I'm speaking directly using that example to help other times. Yeah. I'm, I'm yes. yeah, it's, it's not conscious. It's just, but I've learned from so many times it happening that it's intuitive guided. And I am, this is an exact example, Nish. Thank you so much again for this reflection. I just, I'm so grateful because I, I am me, you know, and, and, and I'm just me. And, and so somebody reflecting to me what they're perceiving in my work is so helpful because my nose is to the grindstone sister. I mean, I have a great life, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but my nose is to the grindstone serving. And, um, I do have a unique, uh, so you're giving that reflection just now is an example of me having to learn how to get out of the way and allow this through because it is at that big of a level. And I mean, as my first career was, it was in politics, but it was to help the environment for, for all of humanity. My first degree, that psych major, I didn't ask how do I become the most uh, thriving, happiest, joyous version of myself and healthy. I asked how do we, so I've always been geared towards the big picture and um I find that all the traveling and living in other cultures and removing myself so completely for a decade from these states. I came back in the summers, but I wasn't tuned in. Um, I, come, I came back, visited my loved ones, grabbed my supplements that I could for the year and went back um, and stayed over there during the Chinese New Year breaks in between teaching semesters. So uh, that unplugging has given me a different perspective from and it allows me to have more of a collective perspective to be able to have these assessments. My master's is in public administration, my looking at society and policies for society. My second and third majors after psych were studying social thought, political economy, and mass communications, including how we get manipulated through advertising targeting. So, and then I ended up with an English lit degree studying humans and society 
in politics through an art form. And that was what I used to teach in the classroom, English Lit. So I have, I have this, and when I started working with one on at the level of the classroom, I pulled out of working at the level of politics using my master's because I realized the system wasn't ready to change yet. Fossil fuel was way still too, we were too steeped in that. The marketplace was not gonna shift. And so I said, okay, if change is gonna happen, it's gonna be one by one. So I have always approached this work and consciousness from the perspective of the overall grand shift. It's pretty big, <laughs> but it's fun. It's, I don't make it a heavy assignment or a heavy mission, but it is pretty big. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it brings to mind the idea of, so it's good to have the macro view and I, I really am good at the macro view, but then honing in myopically at details. And this details can be person by person, right? A person yep. becomes a myopic dot on a very large page of dots. So I, I feel like my years spent meditating also help with that because there's just, all right. So one of the things that I, came back with my mission from Asia with was uh, we run from our minds in the West. We run from going inside in the West. Some of that's the Catholic church where um, we were supposed to confess our big bad sins and we were inherently wrong. We were inherently shameful. And, and that's why Christ was on the cross dying because we're just inherently sinful. That whole enculturation has made people defer their responsibility um, to a, 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 an authority figure in a form of the world of spirituality, so to speak. Um, that was a lot of words to try and say that because I'm really careful about making such a sweeping assessment because church isn't always bad by any means, especially the renewals that it's going through now, organized religion is in response to the spiritual awakening times. But the point being is that um, we, like living over in Asia and seeing monks dressed in traditional, their, their robes and, and I'm in the morning market and I'm getting my fresh veg and produce before uh, work and I'm seeing a monk on there a scooter driving away with their produce and bags and they're in their robe. And then I'm in Thailand traveling in between uh, work semesters and a monk is in his golden robes and he has a cell phone in one hand and a cigarette in another hand. I mean, it's just, you know, they're everywhere. And the monasteries and the statues, the Buddha statues, the Guan Yin statues that are like five, 10 stories high even in some places. And like right behind where I'm pumping my gas into my scooter. So it's like everywhere, the reminder of for me, what it did for my consciousness coming from my background, moving over there as already a meditation teacher and an energy medicine practitioner, it was like, man, are there constant reminders about going inside and working with one's mind? And so I also had, um, well, I won't go into that. So I came back to the West and it was just this awareness that we don't, we have the external focus over here. We have the focus on what we can buy and, and, and achieve and the measurement externally. And, you know, the bigger it is, the louder it is, like think of an IMAX movie theater, that means the more powerful it is, like big tanks and big guns. And it's just big, big, big. And, and in fact, in the subtle energies world, the most incredibly profound shifts are the ones that are not the big bang ones, the woohoo, big lots of noticeable shifts, but it's like after we've been working at it for a while and then the final shift happens and you're done with that samskara. So it seems like the, the lack of going inside um, is, is, is a main part of my mission in, in, in helping people not only understand there'd be less suffering because of the self-absorption that is inherent to the ego mind, 
it's also a way to reach full human potential, especially in these times. Why? It just seems illogical to me and quite frankly, stupid to not be going for your full potential during these times. But from teaching the mind, the nature of the mind, that was my first signature talk. And I have been meditating for decades. Every human mind is neurotic. This is a basic Buddhist premise. And then they say, it's like they say, here are the tools to work with your own particular flavor. Uh-huh. And so that myopic fo focus, every single ego mind that's unworked with and untamed is like that. And that's why in the marketplace, it's all about what's in it for me. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a rare person who isn't operating from that perspective, what's in it for me right. um, automatically. And then they have to call themselves on it and reframe it, you know? So understanding that at that myopic level, that's how every human being is functioning. But then understanding the universal mind, the universal traits of the mind has been really super helpful in rising above that myopic focus. Yeah, it, it they have to work together. And, and to, it's like hemi-syncing the brain in a way. That's where, exactly what it's like, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and when I, it's funny too, Nish, because I've had, I, I mean, I have a PhD myself and, and, you know, I was brought up education, 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 woohoo. And so I, I tend to, like my whole first book is so intellectual, the ideas and presenting the science that had been created at that point to measure subtle energy. Um, and so a lot of people who are highly intellectual um, I tend to get attracted to me. I have a lot of doctors, I have a lot of attorneys, I have senators, um, ex-senators, um, accountants, bookkeepers, lawyers, I already said attorneys, um, just intellectual people coming to me. And one of the things that I find myself doing a lot is helping with the hemisync of their brain hemispheres. Uh, it's a lot of focused work to um, help them come out of the left brain dominance. And I was seeing this a lot as a pattern, like back in about 20, excuse me, 2014 uh, ish. And I'm seeing, I mean, I still see it. It's not like it's gone away, but it was definitely a part of that phase of the awakening times. So if we infuse our logic, if we infuse our rationality, if we infuse our reason with our intuitive guidance, I mean, it's like what the big gurus in business, like Napoleon Hill, they can grow rich. I mean, he talks about having used his intuition. Einstein talks about having used his intuition to inform the business decisions, to inform the scientific decisions. But it seems like in these, I don't know, like it, 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 it's not really openly talked about and, and so it seems like you get respected in our society, the more you can quote science and the more rational and intellectual your arguments are free of intuition, free of the heart. And that's just not a full spectrum of life. It's just not a full spectrum of the tools available. So why the hell wouldn't we hemisync the brain so that we would have more clarity and even advance further? Yeah. Oh, I agree. I feel like it's, that's actually part of what, what's going on with this immersion of of spirit and matter here on this realm mm -hmm. like part of the greater work here mm -hmm. and yeah. it ain't easy no, i mean it can be but it, it also at the same time it ain't easy <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's i mean it's the brain one of the aspects and not another natural function of the mind is to make things black and white like I know in the classroom, when I was teaching a new concept, I would draw a T-chart on the board and I'd say, it, it, this new concept you know absolutely nothing about, 
is this, and it's in one column, and in the right column, it's not this. So when you're first learning something, the mind learns easier in that kind of black and white way. But it seems like that somehow <laughs> stayed with us in our wiring. Like, <laughs> you know, we have to we have to define it by what it's not instead of looking at what it is. And, and, and so it creates a clumsiness. And, and, and so we like will separate spirit and matter. And there's just history, you know? I mean, you talked about the monk life, you talked about the nun life and, and those vows of poverty. What about all the lifetimes? And what about all of the history of um, ostracizing people when they would speak truth to power or hanging people or guillotining people or cutting off their heads or burning them when they would speak truth to power or when they were just a seer and wouldn't even speak truth to power, but they saw something that made somebody in power uncomfortable. And so bam, off goes their head. I mean, all of those centuries of torturing somebody like Galileo, yeah. who saw the new. Yes. Right. Yeah. And Graham Hancock, for more recent example, yeah. Graham Hancock, you know, I mean, so there's all that suppression of um, what, ha and all that fear in the unconscious still of what happens when we do see something purely in its inherent natural state, understand it, and it goes against the indoctrination or the dogma that's out there. So the shying away from that even, I think is involved with the spirit infused into matter concept becoming more easy. It, I mean, it's just clumsy, I think, and the mind is just interfering with it. It, you know, this is something that's very interesting to me because uh, we carry genetic memory and we carry those kinds of, and we could throw this into the realms of, or that, the sacred scales of karma and dharma. Uh, you know, I have a lot of Huguenot blood in me. And, um, and so, you know, these were people that were heavily persecuted and there can be a lot said about them. Uh, and I'm what, you know, as witches, as heretics, whatever you want to, wherever you want to go with that. And this is a genetic memory that is locked in the coding. And I'm, I'm constantly trying to understand the power of, and, and when I say understand or understand, however people need to hear that, yeah. uh, the power of this kind, this concept within my own experience here in this realm as niche and of surrender right? The layers of surrender. And I, I find myself often in looking at the tarot and one of the major cards of surrender is of course the hangman, right? I knew you were going to so, say it. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I, you know what, where, uh, and I've heard you talk about surrender and it's a big deal to me. It's always been a big deal. It's a big deal for everyone, even if they don't realize it is. There's some sort of self-locking in there. Yes, it's a huge topic and I want to talk about it. So I'm going to ask if we can just take a, 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 a quick break. Jerry, if you want to take over just for. Absolutely. Take a break. All right. Thank you. And then Nish, I'll be back for that because I would love to address that. It's huge. I'm so grateful you brought it up. Okay. Cool. I was going to show Nish this uh, hangman card I have. What deck is that, Jer? It's a, I don't know what kind of bird it is. What deck is that from? Oh, the Orion's deck. Mm, it's beautiful. I love it. There's some really cool cards in here. 
did you put a link for sure in the chat so people know that's a gorgeous one i really really find a lot of power during certain periods of my life meditating on different cards and the hangman recently has come back around this is a great deck i'm not familiar with it is it new no Wow. It's uh, organic, natural. I'll put a link. I love it. It's a great deck. Yeah, I'm loving what you showed me. Incredible. I love that dove in the hangman. It's from Australia. Let me find it. <laughs> oh, what an incredible week this has been. It's it's been like uh, a big week of revealing for me people's behavior and patterns, including my own uh, and my relationship to uh, to how things are unfolding in the world around me and also lots of ideas and thoughts. This is why the hangman's there for me. Lots of ideas and thoughts as to how we communicate with each other, how people are communicating with each other, how did we get here collectively, uh, the long-legged process of getting here, where, uh, where that takes us from here. And so it's been like the week of the hangman of revealings and, and surrender to that process and surrender to things you have no control over in a way, but you have control over the fact that you can get yourself out of that, that you're, you're in that position mm -hmm. on your own. Mm -hmm. Yep. Self-accountability. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But at the same time, you're being shook of everything you have. So in that traditional continental deck, uh, the rider weight, for example, it's, you know, he's losing the coins in his, Right. In it, you know, and so it's a, a powerful thing to think about letting go of the things or losing things you thought you had that were currency in your world that got you further in your world and getting stripped down and, and stripped back mm -hmm. so that you can move forward. They're not going to let you move forward anymore. We're in such new times, those old tools that used to be the currency for how you got your success. If you find yourself in the yes. position hitting, I'm going to say hitting the wall, it's because we're meant to be evolving beyond the old paradigm. Navier said in the comment section of um, that the hanged man is bat medicine. And I know that I started using bats, not using bats, but when I lived in Taiwan, I started having without question bat medicine around me almost the entire time I lived there. Like they would dive bomb me sometimes when I'm walking home from somewhere. Um, I love bats and hello Navier. I'm not in the chat. So I don't I wonder I don't know who's there. Bat medicine can cure bat diseases. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that with the COVID. So moving beyond COVID, um, the bat hangs upside down. It's a, it's, you know, it's kind of like the, shamanic practice of um, going out into the desert and being buried alive. You're not, they have to lay down the, um, in a, a grave that's deeply dug, but 
obviously not with sand over them and they have to stay there um, for three days. And it's a rebirth of like, so there's the butterfly, there's the snake and there's the bat, all of which can be considered medicine for transformation or transmutation. Mm. And I consider the butterfly the lightest, you know, it's a lighter transformation. It's, it has a sense of sweetness to it. And even in my work that I did in ancient power mysteries before moving to Asia, it was within the Native American community quite in depth. And they also talk about when a butterfly flutters by, the thought you just had is accurate. So there's oh, another That's part. incredible. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I like that. Because yeah. <laughs> I think we all know by now the butterfly symbolizes transformation. Um, but the. Oh, yeah. Yes. Transience, the, the power of it. Transcendence or transience? Transience, how it's, everything's kind of transient. We're moving through constantly, change. Wow, yeah, that's beautiful. So it's constant transformation. Yeah, so it's constant transformation, which is what you were talking about this week with the revealing that's happening. So the snake medicine is, uh, it, it feels heavier, um, even in the way the Native Americans treat snake medicine, it's heavier than the butterfly. It's denser, what's clearing, because you have to like take off your whole skin. Then, so that's transmutation, like in how, when we'll transmute the snake venom in the antidote itself is the venom. So there's an element of transmutation of poison. So it's considered like heavier medicine than the transformation of a butterfly. And then we go to the bat and that's like the deepest transmutation. You're just basically hanging upside down and it's a death rebirth. Um, so it, it, it seems to me intuitively from what you, I'm gathering in what you said, Nish, that um, you're really at a turning point. Your old has um, shown itself. You've smelled it. You can smell the oldness, the staleness to it. And um, it is almost like you're hanging upside down and shaking out all the old. And that Huguenots piece that you brought up, um, it's funny, man, because like a couple of years back, I found myself... Um, when on the weekends we would watch something on um, Prime, Amazon Prime or Netflix, and it, we, there was series consistently about sword fighting men, whether they were in kilts with no undies underneath, which was great, or they were in um, short Roman uniforms, which is also great. You know, all those great shots of like the male body in its best form. <laughs> Ooh, girl, yes. <laughs> Free balling it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm getting the fever. Images of like Brad Pitt this way back when he did Thor or Christian Helmsworth when he did Thor. Um, so yeah, anyway, that, all of that warrior energy. I know that like in the spiritual community, the idea of being a warrior, a spiritual warrior is uh, hot and I know that for the past bunch of years, I've been guiding people out of that. Um, so I feel like I was watching a bunch of shows that my, by my consciousness watching it, I was helping to turn the page beyond that part of the old form of masculine, the old paradigm mm -hmm. of destruction and fighting. And I have noticed for the past, at least it was before COVID, for by two years at least, I have then also been watching a ton of stuff about um, 
persecution of the Huguenots, um, the Reformation in England in particular, the burning of witches, and then the persecution of the Catholics at other times, and then yeah. the whole Huguenot persecution in France, that massacre and all of it. And, and so, and I have a Jewish background, if you want to talk about persecution, like what am I doing? I'm doing a one-up thing on suffering. You know, like that's <laughs> well, we could go across the board. Everyone's had their turn on the wheel. Yeah, and, and but isn't that the old paradigm though? Like, well, I've suffered more than you think. You got it bad. Listen to this. Remember, you know what I mean? Like how it seems like you're a hero the more you've suffered. That oh, whole- I know. We've got to get past the victimhood. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly my point is we need to get past this. And this genetic stuff that has been passed down needs to be worked out individually and internally. And it's what I'm seeing is it's being projected outward in the worst possible way. But hold on a second, though. There's another way to frame that. Um, yes to everything you said. The working through it individually, it's in the genetic coding. And that's, so when I find myself watching a themed topic or let's say issue, I know that it's up for clearing. Um, and I know that by my watching it, like I said, I'm, I'm helping it to clear, but then I end up with people in my mastermind or my magic manifestation and money flow group, or even on my free monthly call who have this which they're wanting to clear within themselves, like you're talking about for within you. So it's a collective at the same time. So where we will tend, excuse me, to personalize something. I really want so much to hug you with the sentiment of it's not just you, it's clearing collectively. And by you clearing it individually, taking responsibility, like you said, individually, you're helping it clear out of the collective because of the holographic unity we are all actually existing within, especially in these times. So oh, whenever- I That's a fractal. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I run clearings, there's always, a, there's, as you already identified in my consciousness, I'm always working at the collective level, whether I'm individualizing a clearing. And every clearing I do for a, in a group setting, it's always individualized. The beautiful, natural, inherent intelligence of the light, the divine intelligence within the light, it, prioritizes and it knows what each person's system most needs in regards to that topic I'm clearing on. So if you don't need it at the baseline level, whereas somebody next to you listening did need it at the baseline level, you'll receive it at more of an activation level. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's not me, it's the divine intelligence. And it's the bottom line of that supportive, unconditional love that is behind all life force and all of life. It's geared towards life, not destruction. Well, isn't this part of what you were talking about with the sentience of life force, how it's aware of what, what you need? There's a, there's a relationship going on here. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. It is. It's funny because a client can come to me and I teach this to my students when I'm training them in the energy medicine system above it, when they're having a client on the table and the client might come in for chronic back pain and why is their knee all of a sudden hurting when the, per, let's say the, my, the practitioner is up at the crown. It's because one, the crown distributes all the way through the central nervous system Two, the crown 
covers the whole body. Three, it can flow. So the divine, the divine intelligence within the light or the vital life force energy knows what needs to be healed in what order in order to get root out the, the core problem. So it, it, it knows what order to go in. I, I'm by no means, thank God, not responsible for that. I'm just, I'm, I'm a channel for the light to come through me. So in a good vessel for a robust amount of it <laughs> to come through me. <laughs> so it, they'll, they'll be like, oh my God, my knee's hurting. And, I'll, and, and explain it to them if they need it. But yeah, um, it, it just, it knows what it's doing. And this to me is, if I may use the word, absolutely magical. And it confirms, so my second book, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. A Conspiracy for Your Bliss is the subtitle because of the chakra system, what I found. <laughs> it, it really is. We're set up for such a phenomenal existence when we can master our, our selves, when we can get beyond the myopics, self-indulgent, self-absorbed ego mind and come out of that instead of the mind walking us, if you picture a dog owner walking a dog on a, on a lead, being ran by the dog because the dog's running ahead and ha there's no control over the dog, that's an untamed mind. But when the mind is worked with, then the mind follows our lead, our higher self. So if we can observe our mind that therefore the whole idea of meditation in and of itself that ex has existed for 5,000 years implies that there's something beyond our thoughts. We are more than our thoughts. We are more than our thinking mind. If we can observe our thoughts, who's doing the observing? There's something higher. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, you look like you're going to say something. Nope. Just listening. That I love this, this picture you just painted. It's incredible. And um, again, the simplicity, even though this, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And yet it is also, you, you know, the simplicity of this is what strikes me always is how when you get there, you realize that it didn't need to be complicated. Yes. Oh my God, does that ego mind make it complicated? But that's how our society lives, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, 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 and it's almost like the more complex it is or complicated it is, it's uh, this unconscious conclusion that, oh, that must mean the more advanced it is. Right. <laughs> what you said something very intriguing, and I've gone through this in my life, uh, it, the, the level of people that you found yourself working with because of your PhD and, and other titles. And I, I was brought up always, this was just a thing. I, I wouldn't buy a book and I wouldn't look at a book unless I saw those titles. And so, whereas there would be this book on whatever here and it had a PhD. And then there would be this book over here and it may have someone that was doing this work for 30 40 years right and i would just instinctively grab the phd book because that's the way i was brought up and it was a big turn a long ago now i i let go of that long ago and uh 
but I, I now, and then I, you know, I boomeranged with that because it's like the, in the field experience doing the, the real hard work is where it, it mattered. But now I understand a lot of the power of that where people that are within that side of the brain value those titles and if that is a way to get them yep into this area to expand their consciousness and this is a lot of what jung was trying to do then that is a there's a greater arch here that brings more people into the fold of self awareness and these ideas of inner work and how this all works it it serves a great purpose in the world and it took me a long time to deprogram and then to re-see wow yeah it's i'm gonna hopefully make you laugh i sense i will i was sitting in my master's program at one point graduate school and really aware that the level of attention and quality from my professors, if I was even being given a professor as opposed to an assistant professor, because much of the time, not at the undergraduate level, but at the graduate level, and I'm at a different university between the two, so that had something to do with it. Um, I was being taught by assistant professors. Now I'm at a master's level. You think I, that would have more recall to be taught by the professors themselves, not the assistant professors, but they were doing research to earn the university money. And when I realized that I made this commitment to myself, I will never pay another institution of higher learning any more money for this game. Yeah. I got my master's anyway, but I'll tell you what, that PhD I have, it's from a metaphysical university and it's as a holistic life coach and it was done in my terms on my time. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but, but, and then look at how it's serving people though in a greater way. It's serving people that will only grab those books. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is, I mean, I've also had, <laughs> I had way back when I first came back from the States, um, I had a woman reach out to me on direct messenger on Facebook, say to me, how dare you call yourself a PhD when you're not, where did you get your, she didn't even know where I got my PhD. She's like, where did you get your PhD? She didn't ask, wait for an answer. She said, um, how dare you call yourself a PhD? I've, I have to pay money to send my daughter to Harvard. Um, to get her PhD and I'm seeking out hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. So she was taking it out on me, the whole system. When I, in my master's levels, I just said, I identified the, the bullshit of the system. Um, yeah. So it was, it was interesting. It's, it has a big hold, the titles and the, I mean, when I was in Taiwan, the, I've never seen anything like this, the mothers in particular, um, I mean, all of the kids were varying degrees of Chinesified or Americanized. They were maybe, so their parents had gone over to the States for either graduate school and stayed there for their entry level job positions. And at some point came back with their kids to, the, to their home country of Taiwan for whatever reasons. So some of the kids had been back in this international school since um, third grade, some had just come back in sixth grade, some had just come back in 10th grade and they were all tracked for American universities, some London, 
um, but all Ivy League. And so there was so much competition between the mothers about where the kids were going. If they scored a Stanford summer camp or they got to the Princeton space camp or they got into the Harvard summer camp and they would lie um, so that the fellow mothers wouldn't have their kids find out about this really advanced um, summer camp. And oh, so the kids could have an edge up. Yeah, it was unbelievable fierce competition. Remember how a couple of years ago, a woman was, people were thrown in jail because they were cheating on the- Yes. Yeah. So yeah. That, that whole thing of status and stature, it hasn't gone away. <laughs> no, they call them dragon mothers, by the way. Oh my God. There's like a title here. It's slang and it is about that. And it's within like the, it, I didn't realize it was straight up in Asian culture and the homeland, but it's definitely an Asian American culture with the dragon moms pushing their kids into that kind of experience. Yeah. And, and typically math and science related. Yes. Yeah. It's so sad. This has always been one of the things that has uh, that has had me grateful that I didn't have to go through that experience in this life, at least. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, I, I know. I, it's, it's, well, it wasn't that bad for me either. I mean, education was definitely expected. Um, and thankfully, my parents, you know, they considered their job done once they threw us into university. <laughs> 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 Girl, I love that laugh so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, so Nish, um, do you do you have a personal question you feel like you could frame in a way that is comfortable to ask my intuition on about yourself or Jerry? But I just feel like Nish, you get something. Well, there's there's a lot. There's definitely a lot. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where I would, it's weird because you ask that directly and then it's like, you know, I'm just still trying to find my footing and it's, I have this terrible relationship with money and I have a great relationship with manifestation. So I'm sitting in a lovely cottage with things of beauty that I find beautiful and all that, but I have this terrible relationship with actually like the currency that gets you by. And so I've always been trying to balance that out. I'm also trying to balance out the idea of personal relationships, not romantic ones, but interpersonal relationships and the currency of those, how easy it is for people these days to cancel each other out. I, I've never understood that. And I've been kind of dealing with that recently. Uh, that is just astounding to me. Um, and so I'm wondering, when people fall away, they fall away, I get it, but I don't understand scorched earth. And that's just something where I will go and be upset about what did I do? And there's no, it's like, a, a fast death or a suicide you know what i'm saying you yeah. don't get any communication you don't get any answers you're just canceled yeah and i hear the hurt and the pain um so let me just listen in for a second to see what will support you best
to do that. <laughs> I'm refusing my guidance. All right, so here we go. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know we uh, i don't refuse my guidance it's just i remember when i was doing a free monthly call i've been doing it for ever since i'm back from asia the last thursday of every month they're about to take different form for the first time um but a woman around 2013 may have been 2016 even i don't know asked dr allison she told me this story briefly about getting hurt um, somebody was bullying her, not physically, um, and she didn't understand why, and um, she ended her description of what was going on for her with, is it just that I have to toughen up? And I checked in with my guidance like I just did, and I actually heard yes, and I was surprised by it. And I said to her, yes. And this is part of the rebalancing that's going on right now, too. With the so spiritual materials rebalancing, masculine and feminine's rebalancing. Let me take it in from this direction. If you have a strong masculine as well as a strong feminine, that means then you're willing to take action on your own behalf. And if you're in a, a setting where you get, I'm not saying you get easily hurt, niche, please don't hear that. If you're in a setting where you feel like you are the one who's taking in hurt from others actions more than you're delivering hurt to others then it's possible strengthening your yang strengthening your relationship to males clearing your stuff with male authority figures so that you can feel more relationship with your masculine will help with having a stronger field so that it doesn't seem quite so easy for others to throw their shite at you. When we are soft and we are kind and compassionate and caring and loving, in the times we're in, in this rebalancing time where abuses of power are coming up to the surface, anything dark Anything out of balance is coming up to be cleansed. And people, some have to hit rock bottom before they'll deal with themselves. And I'm gonna throw in COVID here. It is not the times right now to allow yourself to be a wide open sponge, clear sentiently, empathically. Your kindness is currency. Your compassion is currency. And you are to only give it where it is earned and where it is due once somebody has proven themselves. So that a sense of self, not reliance and not self-worth, but self-valuing. I have been saying this, you're hearing my tone change. This is going into transmission and channeling. I have been saying this about how it's the... Uh, Feedback to me my last line, please. Can one of you guys do that? Do what? Can one of you guys feed back to the last sentence I was saying? The it's not it the hurt and being open. Uh, I oh, I was meditating to your words here. Um, yeah. So 
the being open and kind and compassionate, this taking advantage of the unseen, the taking for granted the intangible, whether that's your mom's unconditional love or the subtle energy or the earth, the, I'm gonna say this, the, the non-divine feminine, the abuse of the feminine, because if you think of the yin-yang, yang is the white, yin is the black, yin's obviously the feminine, yang, masculine, moon is yin, sun is yang. So if you're the hidden, the unseen, the seeding, the intuition, all of that's the yin, the active, the outward steps, the tangible, the action, all of that's the yang. And it seems to me a massive part of the rebalancing that's going on is the no longer taking for granted the unseen forces like love, like compassion, like subtle energy, like vital life force energy, vitality. How many people are asking for more of that? Mm. So while somebody else would say we need more kindness and more compassion in this world, what happens to those who are naturally kind, naturally caring, naturally compassionate, and they get burned? A lot of them go bitter. I'm not saying go bitter. I'm saying use your discernment. And if somebody in one time, their first time has shown you their character, don't sit and hope that they'll change. Mm. Step up your game in your level of self-valuing because your kindness and your compassion applied appropriately is so needed and so powerful but when it's drained and leached or vampired or leaked you, you it's watered down and some people have to hit rock bottom you said earlier Anish, about taking responsibility for ourselves and coming out of victim mentality and if somebody is act is is in victim mode you bet your sweet bottom that they're going to drain you of compassion and they're going to drain because they don't want to deal with themselves. So they're going to take from others and that's happening. Now, the way that they're doing it feels like the exaggeration of a healing crisis where they just are in absolute refusal to take responsibility for themselves. And so somehow, some way you're mirroring or reflecting to them the need to do that, or you're reflecting to them a version of themselves that they don't yet want to get to. And so the force with which they push you away or, re or reject you and disappear is a rejection of themselves, not you. It's a rejection of that love and that kindness, and that softness, not you. I talk about this in my third book, Reasonable Dragons. Rejection is never about you. It's about the other. They couldn't receive your love. And it's, it's interesting. And one of the things that I ponder too is, so how how easily this is happening for a lot of people where misunderstandings mm -hmm. just lead to never talking again right where there's no bridge no bridge just scorched earth yeah because they just don't want to face themselves and you're providing too much of a mirror it's um a healing crisis right now as the heart balances out with the intellect and the heart actually gets treated as currency 
like in another culture, Saudi ka with a namaste bow. That's how we say hi in Thai. <laughs> namaste in India. Here it's what do you do for a living after I learn your name. So particularly in the West is we rebalance the heart with the head, the science with the intuition, right? Part of what's happening is those who are still not wanting to go drop down into the heart or even drop down into the sacral chakra and feel what they're actually feeling and want to stay checked out in the mind. So much of online shopping and even online dating, as you know, is like an enhanced what's in it for me. Like you can just shop people. It's the weirdest concept. Yeah. You know, so it also makes people more disposable and, and all of that is part of the what's peaking before the fever breaks where the unity vibration the heart based living is replacing it and i know it can be hard to see when you look with one set of eyes out there but reframe it so that the way you're seeing actually feeds you and nurtures you and nourishes you rather than drains you reframe how you're so when your mind comes up with a conclusion of this is bad i'm not saying you're doing this niche you're trying to understand I, i'm by no means saying you're doing this but if your mind is looking out there and seeing how people are just burning bridges which they are it's awareness intuitively it's not it's an observation it's not false but if your mind then wants to personalize it into making you feel bad or wrong ask your mind catch it before you start to go down that track is this even true what you're thinking right now yeah and then another way to play with that that i've been doing you're hearing me move yes another way <laughs> that i've been playing with that recently is um on calls nowadays i'm using something uh, another tool a stronger tool because it's needed now for redirect Oh, holy shit. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, that's great. Oh, my. Yes, that's as good as your laugh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, it's almost like doing mental Qigong, uh, you know, like really stopping the mind before it takes you down a track that is not nourishing. So, you know, just let yourself have some kind of redirect tool. And, and this is, you know, and even just for clarity's sake. So I get the idea of say you're being, abused physically or mentally then i understand i understand a uh, approach of disconnect of of ghosting of canceling you you cannot participate in those kinds of relationships you've got to cut and clear but yes. in these other interpersonal relationships where you thought there was more to them or somehow you know you brought them in and there's a, a, a situation that i gave you earlier there's got to be a difference because definitely one should not allow themselves to be open to being abused oh obviously not well i think a lot of people and we know this there's that 
you know, they'll stay in those relationships, whether it's, and this is not just sexual relationships, this is all kinds of relationships where those types of heart abuses happen and people cannot get away from that. So, and the stuff I have been struggling with are interpersonal relationships and, and stuff with people you thought, you know, that not misconceptions, misinterpretations, and then you're just cut with no bridge. And that's the stuff that you addressed so beautifully there. Thank you. And that's the stuff. I just need to put that out in the world because I, I know so many people that have been in abusive relationships and they don't need, <laughs> they don't need to keep a bridge. Yeah, it's, um, it's a really important time right now, again, to have that kind of stealth like Qigong movement, like, or, or mental Qigong or mental jiu-jitsu, you know, where you're just, I know that that might sound like it's impossible if you're in an abusive relationship. I just had a woman in my uh, Magic Manifestation and Money Flow group call last week talk about how she's, she's working with me to help secure a, a, a clean breakage with her husband, now becoming an ex-husband, and um, <clears throat> she was talking about how she can't, he seems to keep contacting her. He even called during our call because she wasn't answering her phone. He called her their daughter and she, the daughter handed the mom the phone while she's on the call with the group program. And um, she, I, so I started to ta ask her some questions about like not accepting his calls, blocking him, telling her daughter not to. And she's ultimately said that he bought a gun and as soon as she said that, I grew silent for a minute. I'm like, it's restraining order time. Yeah, yes, yes. People are really tripping out right now. And now is not a time to, um, if you get like, it's called a red flag for a reason. Red is the stop color. It's the st color of passion. If you like yes. listen to that intuitive guidance, women tend to like sit in hope that, oh, and dismiss it, whether it's for desperation or a lack mentality, thinking I'll never find another one like him or I'm this age or I'm the blah, blah, blah. Instead of listening to that red flag of, oh, this is going to be a problem later on look at the character they show you from the beginning, look at the behavior and as soon as it has a whiff of potential danger, get out of there. Yes, I agree. This is an important, very important. And I have seen, I have myself been in one of those kinds of relationships very, very long ago. And it was so difficult to get out of. I actually had to leave the state. Oh yeah. Because you get, and then you get, you know, the, the way things get woven in, you'll never find another one like me. All this, I call it pimp mentality. What mentality? <laughs> pimp, lang pimp language, oh. you know, it, it's like, uh, of, it, it's just, it's this, it's craziness. And I just, I am always trying to make that clear in the world when we're talking about different layers of forgiveness and moving through Oh, I mean, uh, I'm so grateful you just said that. Can I cut you off? Yes, absolutely. Th thank you. Uh, that forgiveness thing in the spiritual community. Look, if I just do another uh, day of Ho'oponopono, if I just do uh, oh, if I, yes. a more meditations, then I, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is where you say this is where scorched earth is a for real serious boundary that of power yes and it's just so uh like the whole narcissistic discussion the whole label that's come out in the last couple of years um that's gotten thrown around it's for a reason because that behavior is coming to the surface because that's manipulation that's abuse of power and to have a soft loving kind heart um coupled with somebody who may not have a high sense of self-worth is dangerous and a narcissist knows that that's why you've been targeted in the first place that's why the match was there in the first place because you have those places in your energy system that unconsciously sent out certain vibrations to that other and that other you fit together like a puzzle piece because what you lack that person want wants to fill in and what you have that person wants to take it's a puzzle piece fitting together two of them so like as soon as you recognize that the relationship is happening based on your lower uh, self, your lowest self's less beautiful um, aspects, get out of there. Like it's, we're, we're meant to be, um, it's funny because I always give the, I frequently give the example of because only 85, because only 15% at most of our consciousness is what we hear of the daily thoughts. And so at least 85% of the choices we are and are not making day, moment to moment, day in and day out is from our unconscious or subconscious. So we're not thinking about at least 85% of the choices we are and are not making on a daily basis. When you go to a party as a single heterosexual woman and you're wanting to come out of the bad boy pattern, Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and so you're looking for the guy that's not dressed like, you know, the Roman guy or the, the kilt wearing warrior. You're, you're wanting to relate with <laughs> the more soft, sensitive guys. Um, what you will notice is the bad boy. And it's like your peripheral vision vibrationally will not pick up on the sensitive guy unless you consciously shift and you've had clearings and activations done on your unconscious and subconscious so that you can now open up to new possibilities from new vibrations that have come in from clearing out the old. So you have access to more fresh consciousness to make new choices from. So your peripheral blinders drop a little bit more and you can take in a new possibility. So we attract certain levels of, of a certain type of person at a certain stage in order to, because that's where we were at. And it's okay that that changes. It's best that that changes. I'm not saying everybody get divorced now, obviously, but like if it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> if it's an abusive downward spiral relationship and you're changing and the other one is not, I mean, that's a common, the most common cause. It could be money, but that's what I think is the most common cause in this arena for divorce is one person changes. And that's also what keeps people from engaging in this world more actively if they change too much will they have to leave their spouse will i lose that person if i change too much so they yeah. don't be true to yourself and if somebody if it, it yeah, loves you this is change together yes absolutely and that's that's this greater work what do you mean well i mean by this this when we were talking about earlier with the animal magic, the animal medicine, this is part of that greater work. And I see it in the, the idea of how we, the fractals. So the transcendental aspect of energy movement and the transience of, 
of all of this that's in matter this 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 spirit in matter this realm and how part of the process is identifying these factors and transmuting them and how this work how important this work is so for the abused person to find the boundary and and yes. cut cut and clear that and that you know that boundary could be considered a chrysalis right for the butterfly or the moth or whatever i think more in a in a in an abuse relationship it's it's more the snake right shed the skin that's heavier yeah um, and I'm, I'm just checking out in the chat. I was saying like, if, if you're in an abusive relationship, uh, then you want to get out right away. But I'm not saying everybody get divorced tomorrow. I was joking. And you may not have heard under my laugh or after my laugh that, you know, if, if there's genuine love there, people grow together and change together. And, and from a healthy standpoint, you allow your spouse to, or your significant other to change because nobody owns somebody else. In right, any- right. Yeah, so you love the person and you see that they're, they're, they're going for something that's better for them. And you obviously, out of love, want that for the person. Now, your ego mind may be saying selfishly, does that mean she'll cook less dinners for me? Does that mean he'll, he'll cook less dinners for me if he does that other thing that he's really interested in? Yes. Okay, then deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the compromise, I'm very consciously aware of compromising that has to happen to be in a relationship. And I actively choose not to be in a romantic relationship right now because of that. Yeah, there's, and that's, that's a power in and of itself. That's like a self, that's such a deep gnosis right there. And and clearly of having done the work and been in the field of the relationship realm. (laughs) (laughs) I call it in the field at this point. Yeah, it is that it it definitely is that. And it's just, but there's so, it's so uh, warms my heart. I have three brothers and no sisters and they're all beautiful men. Um, and each in their own way. My dad's just lovely. And, and so like the the men the shifting that i see our men doing out there our brothers doing out there um like a couple months back i saw for the first time a diaper company huggies that had a man on the um package with his baby in a diaper as opposed to a woman and i was just like yeah it's breaking through you know because all our brothers so many of them are stepping up as more active dads and more supportive and nurturing of the family life, not just the work life. And there's just, they're becoming so awakened and so conscious. It's, and I remember I was um, talking with a, a male friend of mine in the, and I could have dated him and he was spot on. I didn't choose to date him. Um, he was saying us sensitive men, we, we're good friends, but we don't get a lot of sex. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's a story of my life. <laughs> oh, Jared, do you have uh, something you would like Allison to tap into? No, no, I'm good. And do we have questions? I thought I saw. I'm going to have to wrap soon because I have to leave. Yeah, we're past time yeah. <clears throat> already. It went too fast. Allison. Oh my God, this was amazing. Absolutely uh, amazing. 
with you. I thank you for this time. And on this note, I, you know, also I'd love to have you on the Cosmic Salon where we can dive deeper into all this too. Okay, I love that. The Cosmic Salon. Woo <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about it in um, an email. I think I, I don't have yours, but I have Jerry's. So um, I also want to send you a gift that's going to be of um, money clearings. It's called Empowered Abundance. Um, well, let me ask you to tune in, Nish. If you could have a choice, there is one that I could send you that, and, and Jerry, you could too, uh, um, as a thank you for this time together. It was just absolutely lovely. Um, really just valuable. I didn't know what a two hour evening event was going to be like. And it was just. <laughs> I told you it'd be cool. Yes, yeah, so you did. And I knew it would be from your energy. <laughs> um, empowered abundance is one where you're being given clearings and activations around anything where you feel like your money flows are outside of your control. The other one that I could give you is about opening up your receiving capacities i will have to intuit so what i'll do is i'll send you an, an email and um connect and then we can schedule that i need to i need to align with which one i think is better for myself i tend to not focus on currency and that that does seem to be a problem since we need that to get on <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. doesn't I don't value it and that's the problem I th I mean that I don't know that's a problem but it's a thing in my life like I value yeah what I find beautiful and all that but the currency needs to be strong so but that beautiful cottage that you're living in is able to be lived in because of money yes um, yeah yeah your body like if you think of uh the difference between like silk and linen versus like prickly wool or cotton like don't you want your body to be nurtured and, and with organic food it's, uh, it's still come down in price but it's still more expensive than the crop food i mean right and i always make the choices of the organic and i um i like all the fibers you mentioned though <laughs> as long as they're natural i'm in love yeah so you need money for all of that and so what about um yeah, I want I want you to have a friendlier relationship with money, Nish. I want you to allow more of it to in, to nurture you, to see it as just self nurturance. Okay, and so I'll send you my email. I'll do that in the. Can you see the chat in our private chat here? Yes, I'm gonna send. I, it I'll right hook in. you guys up. Okay, yeah. thank you, Jer. Yeah, sure. So I, I so, sorry. Which one do you want? I, I will send her your email and you up to like an intro email. But do you want the empowered abundance bunch of clearings and activations or oh, do you want they're increasing your receiving? The first one. Yep. Please, That's what I got. please and thank you. You're welcome. It's my honor. <laughs> well, thank, this has been a wonderful conversation and thank you so much for joining us. I put your links in the show description so people can find you on YouTube and uh, your website. Thank you. On Amazon too, you can look up um, yes. Dragon. A lot of what Nish and I were getting into towards the end, um, 
I go into great depth in the Dragon Master Creatrix. It's a story about a woman going to an international retreat uh, to learn energy medicine. And um, there's a narration of her story all the way through. And she's questioning, do I stay or do I go in her marriage? And then the second half of each chapter, after the narration part of like visiting a stone circle or visiting a sacred site or getting attunements and getting trained in energy medicine, the second half of questions and answers that my masterminders have typically asked me um, and, and more of them, many of them are geared towards women. Um, it, it's totally great for men too. I tend to have more men than the average practitioner in my groups and programs, but um, it's questions around like what we were talking about, everything from body image to how do I care less about what people think of me to advanced spiritual questions or metaphysical questions. So that's the Dragon Master Creatrix. All my books are on Amazon. Excellent. It's on Audible, too. People love that. It's on Audible. I'm, I'm the one reading it. I will drop those links also in the description. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> All right, so this has been really great. Thank you so much, Dr. Allison. Thank you, Nish. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. I don't know who's going to be on, but it'll be someone cool, I'm sure. So have a great night, and we will talk to you next time. Take care. Good night, everyone.